And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we are back. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of the Startup Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conaway, founder and CEO of Innovate Her KC. And I have to tell you about our fabulous episode sponsor. Today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. So today on our show, dear listeners, we have Susie Carter, CEO of SC Consulting, and we're going to be talking about business. We're going to talk about the minutiae and the details and how to get your business structured and started and make sure that everything is organized and ready to go, which is a huge, huge, huge topic when you're contemplating becoming an entrepreneur, making that leap. If you organize things well on the front end, you're going to save yourself so much time, effort, and expense on the back end, and you're going to save yourself a lot of headaches. So Susie, we are so, so thankful that you are taking the time to talk to us today. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to share the journey because entrepreneurship can be fun. It can be exciting. It can be lonely. It can be crazy. It can be all those things. And so sometimes- You just need to hear that you are not alone. <laughs> Absolutely. And you just you just spoke so much truth about entrepreneurship in just a couple sentences. I'm like, ah, yes, that's true. Lonely, scary, exhausting, exhilarating, amazing, all of those things. Uh, well, well, so Susie, why don't we just go ahead and, and hop right into it? I want to maximize our time with you today. So so tell us, tell us about your journey. Tell us about yourself and SC Consulting. Well, I'm a serial entrepreneur. This is my yes. tenth serial. <laughs> this is my tenth business, right? I've built ten multi-million dollar companies, two ten million dollar companies, and I got into the vocation on accident, not on purpose. Just found myself as an entrepreneur. I started out as a hairdresser and found wow. myself early on as a single mom raising two little girls with no alimony, no child support, and went, I got to figure this money shit out fast <laughs> because yeah. I, I got to take have the luxury of time, really. There was no time. It was like, what what you slave, you eat, right? So I yeah. had to figure out the money thing. If I didn't make money, I couldn't pay my rent. If I didn't make money, I couldn't pay for daycare. So I had to really figure it out. So I would go to the bookstores at night and scour books. They were my first coaches, right? And looking, understanding, how do you build this thing called business? Yeah. And, you know, I stumbled upon, everybody should read this book, you know, the E-Myth, stumbled upon the E-Myth. And from that moment on, my world just changed of really looking at build a business as if you could sell it. And so studied, okay, if I need a marketing plan, then I studied, what do I do to get a referral plan? What do I do to you know, leverage that? How do I keep customers engaged and retained? And it was a roller coaster and an amazing roller coaster. And about five years in, Paul Mitchell found me and said, what are you doing? You're making a boatload of money, right? You're Mm -hmm. happy all the time. You sell a boatload of retail. What are you doing? I'm like, 
I'm building my business. Most people sit around, wait for clients to come to them. I didn't have that luxury. I had to go out and get them. So Paul Mitchell hired me to be a trainer for them to go teach other salons and spas what I was doing. I was doing about a quarter of a million dollars a year, three days a week as a hairdresser, which the average hairdresser made about $30,000 a week. Right. And I just had my head down making it happen. And so it's been this roller coaster of a journey. And while I was a hairdresser, I launched several other businesses. I had a networking organization, right? Had a consulting organization and then built the largest training and development company in the beauty industry and sold that to Ritko's Publishing. So it's been this roller coaster ride of opportunity. You know, I just found the need and felt, felt find the need and feel the need, find the need and feel the need so that I could really look at how do I serve the market. It always yeah. came from service first, Lauren. It didn't come from money, it came from how can I serve my market? In the beginning it was, but I realized early on, you have to serve clients, take care of clients, uh, retain clients. Uh, so that you could monetize that vocation that you were doing. Yeah. Well, and, and you said a couple of really, really profound things in there. Um, so, so first things first, I, I love the fact you mentioned kind of starting with the end game, you know, build your business as though you want to sell it. And I, mm -hmm. I think that that's a really, um, a really profound way to approach business. Cause I think most people in the beginning, at least, at least in my experience, most people are like, the, the goal is I want to sell my product. I want to, uh, you know, get my message out there. I want to build my brand. And, and those are all really admirable goals. But if you start with the end game, I feel like maybe there's going to be a lot more intention. There's going to be a lot more structure and organization. If, if you're putting that, would you agree with that? Or, or talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, I always tell my students and my clients that it doesn't have to be hard. It has to be systemic. Yeah. Right, so what's the system we need to put in place to automate this or to support you in freeing up more of your time so that you can do more of the things that you love? What's right. the highest income producing activity only you can do and focus on that and outsource everything else? I think we focus on all the things and you can't yeah. focus on all the things and be good at all the things. Right. right. So it's looking at what's going to bring us the biggest bang for the buck the fastest. That was, you know, back in the day of being a hairdresser, I, that's what I had to do. But realize that that was my sweet spot. If I could just make money, then I could hire someone to do the newsletter. If I could just make money, then I could hire someone to do this. If I could just make money. And so that really yeah. got me into that mindset of what's the highest income producing activity. Now, as the business grew and we brought on employees and we built the training and development company, it was, how do I empower you, Lauren, to be, to create the highest income producing activity? How can I support you in leveraging that business? How can I support you in building that? And so yeah. when you look at your business from a standpoint of let's manage the system, not the behavior, as a leader, it provides me so much freedom. Now I'm not managing people's emotions, their fears. I'm just managing the system. What about the system? Don't you understand? Right. Yeah here there's a process for everything we do how do we automate that and it starts with baby steps right people get overwhelmed when i say this no 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 let's just baby step <laughs> what yeah. system one what system two but it does start with the end in mind what's that plan that we need to put in place get it out of your head most entrepreneurs don't have a business plan when they start working with me that's the first thing we do and they get all overwhelmed like don't get overwhelmed <laughs> let's look at what do you want it to look like when you're all done, right? Do you right. want to sell it? Do you want to keep doing the business 
right? Do you want to work less and and have automated income? Because there's different strategies for different business models, right? Sure. Everyone thinks, oh, I'll just build a course and I'll sell it online. Uh, okay, that's cute. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, you can do that, but that's just not how it happens, right? I can't you tell go. you how many people I know who've come to me and said something <laughs> along those lines. So I'm I'm going, I'm kind of giggling over here, but but continue. Forgive me. You can't help but giggle because it's just the naivety. But in all fairness, that's what all the marketers are saying. Right. You know, it's just build it, do a low hanging fruit, do nineteen dollars, forty nine dollars. Do you know how many $19, $49 things you have to sell to even just hit a hundred grand, let right. alone a million? I mean, my sweet spot is building seven and eight figure businesses because only 1.7% of small businesses hit the million dollar mark. That's atrocious. Right. 88% of small businesses are doing less than a hundred grand. Well, that's a job. Go get a yeah. job. If you don't want to play the game, right? You just wanted to make a hundred grand, go work for someone else. You'd have more freedom, more time, more money, more vacation. You'd have vacation time. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I, I, I love that so much. And I, I, I think that that is a, a kind of breath of fresh air revelation for so many entrepreneurs and small business owners. Like, you know, where, where is that income opportunity and where can you build to the point where you're living the, the entrepreneur dream? Cause the entrepreneur dream for most, most of the entrepreneurs I know anyway, is to, to live that life that you're talking about where you can take time away and you're building, you're building an empire, not just a business, right? Like I think that that's always kind of the, the dream that, right. that we think about, but very few of us may, I mean, I'm certainly not there. Um, right. And I know, I know countless entrepreneurs who are in the same boat. And so I, I, I think you're, you're, you're talking about kind of a paradigm shift and I love that. Um, so, so that's really cool. Now, one of the things that I do want to ask you, you, you've talked about systems and you've talked about instituting, you know, process and things like that, which I think is hugely important. But for our entrepreneurs listening at home, how do you identify the system that's right for you? Talk to us about, about that process. What does that look like? Well, first, I want to take the scary out of a system. Right. Because the minute you think system, people think IT, right? It's not just about technology. The system is what's the process that's going to get the end result. So the first system that you need to work on is your financial system. We have to look at what is your financial objective? What is your financial plan? What's your financial goal? How many units do you need to sell of each thing to hit your revenue goal? People just don't get that detailed. Right. right. I always say everyone loves the money. Right. We all love the money. We love the freedom money gives us or the idea of the freedom money gives us. And the reality is math is money and money is fun. Now, I didn't love math when I started. I'm like, I'm like 90 percent of entrepreneurs. I'm not a CPA. I'm not an accountant. And I think that's part of my gift is because I took this complicated thing called business finance and simplify it for the entrepreneur. Right. So Lauren, I created all these rogue spreadsheets because I would sit with my CPA or my accountant and I felt like I was Charlie Brown in the classroom and the teacher was like, what are they saying? And I would open my eyes really big like that was going to help me understand, right? So I'm like, okay, I need a spreadsheet that I can put this into that I understand. So I worked with a partner and said, help me put this together. So when I look at my financial forecasting, it's not an accountant's financial forecast. It's an entrepreneur's financial forecast. I find entrepreneurs can manage either units 
or they can manage dollars. So they can't really manage both. So if I said, Lauren, you're going to do a million dollars, we're going to sell $100,000 a month. You'll be like, uh, how am I going to do that? But if I said, well, we're going to sell five of these, five of these, and five of these. Oh, I can do that. Or two of these, whatever the math is, right? Um, so it's looking at how do we get in the entrepreneur's mindset so that we can have these conversations, that we right. can look at your financial planning in a way that empowers you, not disempowers you. So my whole goal is how do I empower you in this conversation so that you're hitting your revenue goals, you're playing the big game for yourself and your family first, right? Then the second is what's the impact I want to make in the world, right? What the impact I want to make with my clients, but it has to be like, why am I doing this? Because there are times when you don't get paid. There are times when something else has to get paid before you get paid. And that's scary and stressful. And so I want to look at, I want to empower you to make those decisions from a logical sense, not an emotional sense. Yeah. So when I look at my last book I just wrote, it's called Power Your Profits. And this book was, it's my journey of building 10 multi-million dollar companies, my journey of building 10 to $10 million companies, my journey of helping thousands of entrepreneurs go from startup to a seven figure business, right? So it doesn't, again, doesn't have to be hard, but there is a system to it. So the system is you start with your business plan, get it all out of your head. What does right. it look like? Once you get it all out of your head, you see, is this even going to be profitable or not? The challenge is we start something and go, I like Lauren's idea. So I'm going to take that idea. I'm going to leverage it. And then I'm going to do this and I'm going to put my spin on it. But you don't really look at, well, how are you going to market that? And how are we going to find the ideal qualified client? We're right. marketing to fans. We're not marketing to clients. Fans are people on your Facebook, LinkedIn that liked you. They liked an article, but it doesn't necessarily mean they want to buy from you. And right. so it's looking at who do I need to put this offer in front of? Who really needs this? What's the pain that they're feel it, feeling and how do I solve that pain? And so the qualified client for me, I'm a little seasoned, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> I believe doing that. At, at this point in our conversation, I'm like, yes, <laughs> this woman knows what she's talking about. <laughs> I'm a little seasoned. I'm spicy, but I'm seasoned. So for me, I'm not pushing anyone uphill, right? You have to be able to pay me. I'm not chasing your money anymore. Right. I got to love and adore you and you have to love and adore me. I don't want to like convince people they're great. You, you already know you're great and you just want to help get to the next level. You're action oriented and you can swipe that card. Right. So I'm, yeah. I'm not chasing money. I'm not pushing people uphill anymore. And I think as entrepreneurs, you have to get done with believing in somebody more than they believe in themselves. I hold a, I hold a vision for my students and my clients. I hold a possibility, but I'm not. I'm not the advocate for them to get, to fix them, right? I'm not right. in the fixing business. I'm in the, let me help you grow your business versus every call or every strategy session is about woes me. This is hard. I know it's hard. That's, we all, we all know it's hard. We're doing it every day. I do it every day. I know it's hard and it's fun and rewarding and exciting. And there's opportunity everywhere. And that keeps me going and helps me keep them going. Sure. Well, so, so let's talk, you know, you, you've talked about the business plan and I, I do think the business plan is crucial, not just for the business owner, but it, 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 it represents an opportunity for future growth. Um, you know, anytime you reach out to a bank or a potential investor, or even, you know, in some cases, you know, partners and clients, 
they want to see your business plan. They want to know that you have not only have you thought about these things, but that you have a strategic put down on paper path forward, a roadmap, if you will. And I do think that, you know, one of the things that we talk about or that I talk about a lot with the exactly. folks that I consult with is the fact that, you know, your business plan can change. You know, it's not as though by putting it down on paper, you are locked in for 20 years and exactly this, you know, strategy. But I think that the nature, by nature of entrepreneurship, it's, it's changeable and it's permutable. And so you, you can recognize that, but still have a very intentional plan to move forward and, and be able to communicate that in writing to the people who have an investment or a vested interest in what it is you're doing, right? So, so I love that piece of the conversation, but I, I want to get, since we have you, Susie, I really want to get tactical with you because um, I, I feel like you're a very tactical person and I, I enjoy that I about am. you. <laughs> yes. Well, so, so I want to, for our listeners at home, you know, for, for folks who are fired up, they're like, okay, I'm going to get the business plan done and I'm going to, you know, figure out my, my different revenue channels and how to maximize them. Let's talk about that profit piece. You know, you are talking about, like I said earlier, a paradigm shift, you know, rather than thinking about the $10, $20 that you can make here or there, how do we get to the $100,000, the half a million dollars, the, the million dollar mark? And so, so let's talk about profit. Cause I think, you know, when, when we were communicating before you hopped on the show here, one of the things that struck me about the the information that I've kind of seen coming from you is you have some really great tips for increasing profit. So let's let's talk about that. You know, let's get really, really tactical for our listeners at home. Well, the first thing we have to realize is profit is planned for. And yeah. most people, and the only reason I know this is because I did it all wrong, Lauren. I just want to say that out loud because people go, oh, yeah. this was this was natural for me. No, I was a single mom raising two little kids and had to figure this shit out right? It was, it was really hard, but that I had no back door. I had no one saving me. I had, I had to figure it out. Right. And what I realized is it didn't matter how hard I worked, there was never money left over. So there was two problems. One, I was spending more than I was making, which is a huge challenge for entrepreneurs. And two, my pricing was never set up for profit. So by this time of the game, right, I owned one of the top salons in the country. We were the top 1% in the nation, top 10% in the world. And we earned that right by the dollars that we produced and by the efficiency that we produced per person. So we were in a successful, established million-dollar company, and I still was not profitable. And it was frustrating. I'm like, what is wrong? There's something fundamentally wrong. Right. And my accountants were like, well, you just need to see more clients. I'm like, no, we we were seeing for six people, 300 clients each month. Each person was almost at capacity. So I'm like, OK, well, they have to sell multiple services. Yep. We sold multiple services. The average consumer bought two to four services from each technician. I'm like, OK, well, we have to sell retail. Well, we were in the highest retail producing salons in the world. Right, we were at 54% retail sales to service sales when the average salon and spa is 5%. So I'm like, what the hell is happening? So I created this form called the base price worksheet because what I realized is my business model was wrapped around me, the superstar, right? right? Me doing a quarter of a million dollars a year, three days a week, 
And the reality is the average technician could not even ever work at that capacity. It was right. too many people. Snake, right? And I'll right. call her Sandy. That's not her name. <laughs> so Sandy was slow. Sandy was very good technician, but really slow. So like where I could do 10 people a day, she was stressed out at five people a day. But the business model was still the same. The pricing was still the same. And so if you have a couple Sandys in your business, there's no way you're going to be profitable. Like right. I was making up for the weak links, right? So your business is only as successful as your weakest link, right? Or your weakest person. So I created this base price worksheet because I went, okay, if profits plan for and my overhead is $100,000, what do I want my profit to be? At that point, I was just trying to get it to 10%, which was $10,000. And then what would my, and how many clients, what's the capacity that my business could do? So I took that number and I divided it into that $110,000 and that gave me a base price, which was completely off of what my base price actually was. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to be charging $85 per client. The lowest was $85 and right. we were charging like $55. Well, can you go from 55 to 85? Not really. Right. So I had to look at how do I wean this pricing in? How do I right. slowly build this pricing up so that I can have a profitable business model? Now, that took me about a year. Right. But now I could educate my team differently is you can't have a $50 average ticket. We, we will go out of business and we are going out of business. If right. I wasn't at, back then working behind the chair, I wouldn't have made any money for myself. So I want you to look at, it's all in the fine tuning of your finances and nobody wants to look at it. I didn't want to look at it. I just wanted to like, just tell me how much money I need to make. Well, you could keep making money, but again, two of my problems were I was spending more than I was making, right? And my pricing was off. And 99% of all entrepreneurs that I speak to and coach, they pull their pricing out of their genius zone out of their hiney, wherever you want to call it, we pull it out of our butt, right? Yeah. And that's not where pricing comes from, but we do this. Well, how much does Lauren charge? Well, how much does Susie charge? Well, how much does Bob charge? How much does Javier charge, right? And so that's not how you figure out pricing. Yes, that's one. You're looking at your competitors, but your competitor's business is dysfunctional. So yeah. let's not rely on their dysfunction. Let's look at a formula. So in my book, Power Your Profits, I give you the formula and I give you several different formulas, right? So you can really come to terms with math is money and money is fun, right? I need us to really as entrepreneurs go, I need to understand this. I had to understand it as a single mom because I couldn't pay my rent, right? I had to understand it as a million dollar business because I wasn't profitable. I don't want you to have to go through everything I did just to figure out your pricing's wrong from day one. Right. That's the biggest challenge because marketers are saying, just put a $49 course together, low hanging fruit, you'll attract people. But do you know how much it costs to put a course together? It's expensive. So by the time you put a course together, by the time you do your ad, your ads for that course, there's no money left and you're relying on this $49 thing to pay your overhead. Okay. That's hard money, like hard to earn. 
So I, that's why I'm really passionate, really committed to go, let's build it right. Let's build it on a foundation. Let's build yeah. it on cement, not on sinking sand. Pulling it out oh. of your tiny and not putting a business <laughs> is sinking sand. So yes, it takes a minute, but it doesn't have to be hard, right? It's all in your head. The ideas are in your head. And when you use, we use several different business plan software. It asks you the question, you answer the question at the end of the software, at the end of doing that exercise, you have a business plan. Then you can go to your friends and go, Lauren, what do you think of this business plan? And Lauren will look at it from her expertise and go, I think you missed this, this, and this. I would look at it from my expertise and go, oh, you definitely missed this. And you start building that business plan so that it is functional and profitable. Yeah. Well, and Susie, I want to go back to to something that you said um, a minute ago, because I just I think it's a really important, a important topic to, to underscore. Um, so you're talking about that forty nine dollar you know, course that you're going to throw up online and you you had some marketing person tell you like, yeah, put it in at this low price point. It'll be the the open door to to future profitability and future clients and and, and I, I, I always caution the folks that I talk to in my day to day against strategies like that, because not only are you hurting yourself in the short term, you know, you're, you're definitely to your point, um, you're, you're depending on a non-viable financial model for, for that particular product, but you're also undervaluing what you have to offer. And I think that one of the things that I hope our entrepreneurs take away is that what you have to offer has value. It has market value. It has value to your clients and your customers. And so to, to shortchange that, you, you're not only shortchanging it in that moment, but you're also shortchanging anything else that you offer in the future, right? I mean, if you have a $49 course today, but then you go to the people who took that course and you say, oh, well, my next course is, you know, 325, um, you're going to have a really hard time making that jump. And so I think a big piece of the conversation around setting your pricing strategy and your revenue strategy is comes from a place of you cannot undervalue what you have to offer. If you truly believe in it, you're not going to benchmark against your competitors. You're going to benchmark against what you have to offer and what the market will bear, right? Well, I yes and no. I'm going I'm to disagree just a little bit. So yes. Okay, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Yes. <laughs> But the reality is I'm not buying a program, right? I'm buying the result your program gives me. Right. I'm buying the result your service gives me. So quit focusing on the program and focus on what are the results that people are getting, Yeah. right? So they're getting, you know, for, in my instance, you're getting profitability. You're getting a business plan. You're getting the tools and the systems to grow a multi-million dollar company. Right. You don't really care how I do that. That's just what you want. Right. And a lot of times we go, oh, I have this program and in this program, there's 12 modules or, oh, I have this business and I've got these great people. Well, who cares? What is the result that you're helping people produce? Right. And start marketing the result. Don't market the process. Nobody cares about the process. Nobody cares about your program. Nobody cares that you own an auto agency, whatever it is. Like I've, I've coached every business imaginable from landscape design to a, a wild animal park, to online businesses, to doctors, lawyers. At the end of the day, it's the, we're selling results, right? right? So I want us to look at, make a list of what are all those results that I help people produce? 
now you're not talking about yourself. Why is it so hard as entrepreneurs to talk about whatever it is that you're doing is because you feel like you're being, you're bragging. You feel like you're being a narcissist. No, let's quit talking about you and let's talk about when you do these things, this is the result that occurs inside of your life, inside of your business, right? What happens because they're engaged with you? Then you'll start seeing the value that you do bring. It's like, holy crap, I am really good, right? I look at what my clients are doing and I'm like, wow, they inspire me. They make me want to play bigger. I'm, I'm, I'm slacking. These people are doing some amazing things in the world. So I think that's the slight distinction is to look at what are you helping people produce? Whether it's you're fixing their car in a timely manner, right? Under budget, we're not going to gouge you, you know, run smooth. We have this program. Or whether it's an online course, it's helping people define their ideal client or for me, your profitability. Um, so I think that's, that's the important part. And then okay. the second, the second piece is quit talking in jargon. The jargon is people don't understand. Sometimes we're, I see this a lot in like spiritual businesses or transformational businesses. We're so woo woo that we lose 50% of our audience because we can't articulate it in a way that everybody gets it. Right. And it was hard for me. Because I want to speak at a certain level. And again, sometimes the language I use scare people. And then I'm I'm the Charlie Brown teacher. You know, I'm talking about math and I'm talking about finances. And it's just wah, 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 wah. So I got to slow my roll and go, let me walk you through this. Let's look yeah. at, you know, how to price. Let's look at why you should price it this way. Not pulling it out of your, your hiney, right? <laughs> really looking at there's a systemic way. Looking I feel like that's time. what I wanted to change the episode title to. Don't pull it out of your hiney and just see what people have to say. <laughs> I think you can. I'll let you. <laughs> okay. All right. I, I, I would have to think through how to spell hiney. Is it H-I-N-E-Y? <laughs> I believe so. Right. Okay. All right. I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to the, the full scale team for sure. And see, Is that something we can do? Maybe not. Uh, well, so, so we've talked and, and, and I, I love, I, I mentioned this before, but I love how tactical you are because I think that that's, that's one of the most powerful things we can do around startup hustle. You know, we can, we can talk to, we can talk about empowerment. We can talk about mentorship. We can talk about all of these things that are crucial to an entrepreneurial experience. But when it comes down to it, often you just have to do it. And, and so, you know, by providing real, I know that's not, I feel like that was a bumper sticker and I didn't actually mean for that to be the case, but you know, but I'm laughing just like you were laughing because it's so true. It doesn't happen magically. People are like sitting back, like I started a business. Okay. Get out from behind your computer. Okay. Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> I, I talk about this all the time because I mean, I you I think you know by now that like women women and women leaders is kind of my my bread and butter. And there is so much programming out there for like empower yourself to write that book, start that business, do that thing. And I'm like, <laughs> but then what? Like right. I'm already empowered to do the thing. Can you tell me how? Tell me how to do it and I will do it, promise. So, so I love that you provide systems and structure and, and guidance on those very tactical pieces. Like that, that's really impressive. And I, I just love that. And I'm definitely going to go back to profit is planned. That is yet another bumper sticker, but, or maybe it's a t-shirt. 
but uh, I feel it needs to be like heavily featured somewhere because you said that and I was just like, oh, I need to write that down. So, so Susie, I, I'm gonna, we've talked about business plan and we've talked about, you know, getting really, really intentional about figuring out your numbers and, and figuring out your margins and all of that. What are some other things that our entrepreneurs listening at home can do? What are some other things they can do to, to maximize their profits and create financial, financially sustainable business models? Well, I want you to look at, we call it a product stack. Right. Okay. The product stack is when they come into your community, what's the first thing that you're touching them with? That might be the low-hanging fruit. But when I start with businesses, I flip that product stack. So okay. I'm doing the highest income producing activity only Lauren can do. Why? Because she's got to make now money now, right? To feed her right. children, pay her mortgage, pay her car payment, right? And so it, it breaks the mold of what all marketers are talking about. But the reality is we don't have time. When you're first starting a business, you, you've got to replace that income you had, right? You might have had a six-figure income before to go, and now I'm going to start with, you know, $49 a day. Mm -mm. So what is that? And I want to I book you out in the highest income producing activity. So we have to really look at the result you're helping people produce so we can charge the most, right? right? The most is at $9.97. Again, run the numbers. 997 isn't going to pay your mortgage, right? It'll barely pay your team. It'll barely pay you, right? And yeah. all the startup costs we have inside of building a business, there's startup costs, right? From your software that you have to have, if you're building programs, right? If, if that's the sweet spot, if you're writing a book, a book's expensive. You have to have it. I have 10 of them. You got to have them but you're not gonna make money from the book. You're gonna make money because of the book, right? I've not made millions because I've sold books. I've made millions because I've used the book as credibility and leverage to sell millions. Sure. I wish I would've known that day one when I, when I wrote my first book, cause I thought the minute I wrote that book, I was gonna be a star. <laughs> I was gonna yeah. be, I was gonna be somebody. And then they dropped 2000 books off in my driveway and I'm like, holy crap, I got to sell all these. <laughs> I mean, do you feel like writing that book and having those 2000 books in your driveway, do you feel like it helps you to establish your credibility? Oh my gosh. Can I just tell you now I had been in my industry for years. I was working with one of the top manufacturers in the world. Yeah. And the funny thing happened, the minute I wrote the book, it catapulted my business in a whole nother sphere. People looked at me differently. Now people had said that, but I'm like, how can it be? I'm still the same person. Oh, it, it is a credibility play. It's just like people that have the DR in front of their name or the PhD behind their name. It's a credibility. Nothing happens with the DR in front of your name or PhD behind your name unless you do something with it. That's the right. same thing with a book. It just gives you another credibility. And if you're a best-selling author, another level of credibility. New York yeah. Times best-selling author, another credibility. Right. So you want to look at it. It is an expensive business card, but one, if you're going to be in the consulting world, in the transformational world, in the, the um, business building world, I don't care what vocation you're in, you need to have a book. Because again, it does give you that credibility. Above yes. The person that has a best selling book or someone that doesn't have anything. Right. It's like, oh, not anything, but I mean that, you know, they have courses, but it, it's a different, it's a different play. Delicious. Yeah. 
I, I love that, you know, chef's kiss to, to all of that. I, I have to tell you, I think I have about five books living in me. But, but in, in, if I were to su subscribe to the Susie Carter SC Consulting, uh, you know, way to go about it, like, I really have to start with that process piece, like sit down, storyboard it out, figure out, like, just do it, right? We're going we're gonna to do the, the Nike, uh, Nike motto, just do it, right? Exactly. So back to the product stack, when you look at that highest yeah. income producing activity, then what's the next thing they're going to want from you? And then what you realize is your product stack was the highest thing now becomes the lowest thing. So if I start with consulting, what's the next thing they're going to want? So for me, they want me to work with their team. For me, they want to re-up for that consulting. For me, they want help building another product or another revenue stream. So it, it flips the switch. It is that paradigm shift, if you will. And then once you get a database, right, that's the key. When you're starting up as an entrepreneur, you have a really tiny database. Your Facebook group, your LinkedIn, that's not a database. Those are fans. They're not clients. Right. So a database is people that raise their hand and said, I really like Lauren and I really want to figure out how do I work with her. Let me opt in for her free thing. Let me check her out. Let me go look at her website. Well, all those things, an opt-in, a website, all those are thousands of dollars that entrepreneurs go, oh, I'll just go on GoDaddy and make my own website. Okay, that's not your genius. And people probably won't come if you're building it. <laughs> now, I used to do my own flyers. I used to do my own PowerPoint. So I understand the startup hustle as an entrepreneur, right? But if I, again, look at if I was smarter, if I knew them when I knew now, you know, when my parents said that, we're like, just tell me now. And they're like, nope, you got to go through it. <laughs> I'm going to tell you because that's I'm a good coach. If I knew them what you're I knew. You're a good coach and I feel like you're a straight shooter. Like, look, we don't we don't have time to mess around to faff around about this. So so I'm going to tell you what you need to hear, which is a very kind thing to do. Like there's a distinction between nice and kind. And I think people are like, oh, how come, you know, why is she telling me like it is? That's not very nice. And it's like, ah, that's not really true. What it is, it's kind because it's helping to set you up for success later. Just isn't, to... that I, isn't that nice? I wish somebody would have told me. Right? Just tell me what I need to hear. Right. Or someone going, it's easy. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Who said it was easy? Yeah. It's fun. It's exciting. You get a dream. You get to create. That's easy. Dreaming and creating. But making money at it, it's like, okay, well, there's a whole list of things here nobody told me about. Yeah. Right? And and in in this world, you don't have time to figure it out, right? You've got mortgages, you've got car payments, you've got kids, you've got, you know, a future to look at. There's no time. We can't waste those time because the reality is I'm coming up right behind you or Lauren's coming up right behind you. And we figured this out. So we're going to get the, excuse me, get the market share. So right. build it on, build it on cement, right? Build it right from the beginning. Take the cement. time. Take the time you, and really look you just, at that. You have so many things that need to go on t-shirts, Susie. You're going to have to stop. <laughs> I'm going to have a whole store. Uh, no, I build it on cement, you know? And, and, and I think that for me at any rate, like that's, that's going to be my takeaway from, from this whole conversation. Cause that's really where it starts. You know, right. when you're building a business, what does the foundation look like? Does it have cracks in it? Is it strong? Is it built on sand or cement? And you are providing a, a path 
for folks to to build it on cement. And so so I, I commend you for that, Susie. That's uh, that's amazing. And you've given us some gold over gold. the course of this episode. Just some some amazing insight and some really actionable things that our entrepreneurs listening at home can do. So I want to ask you this. Are you ready? I, I have a yeah. I have a human question for you. Okay. All right. No, no pressure, but it is a very okay. important question. Okay. Uh, and, and you will be judged by, no, I'm just kidding. You're not going to be judged by your answer, but what, all right. You know how in the, uh, in major league, like in baseball, when you go up to bat, they have a walk-up song. Uh-huh. You have a walk-up song, Susie? Uh, my walk-up song is, I want to be a billionaire. So yes. Oh my gosh, that is such a great, I knew it was going to be a great answer, but that is such a great answer. It's so on point. That is absolutely, oh, that's amazing. Who, who does that? I want to be a millionaire. So Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars. It is, that, all right, that is a fantastic fantastic answer and on that note i I gotta say susie this was fun uh it was instructive it was uh really eye-opening and enlightening even like for me and i'm hoping for the folks who are playing with us at home Uh, but thank you so much for taking the time to to be with us today and to share your wisdom and your insight you are welcome it's my pleasure it's my passion it's my purpose and i want to leave you with that this is a t-shirt girl get it Wealth is your birthright. It's not for some of us. It's for all of us. Starts with a plan, starts with a strategy. Take the time to build it on a foundation and build it on cement, not on sinking sand. It's a choice. That was like five t-shirts, Susie. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, well, again, just cannot thank you enough for, for taking the time to be with us today. Uh, if you are listeners are listening, looking for another opportunity to hang out with us, definitely check out Startup Hustle TV. If you go to YouTube and uh, search for Startup Hustle, you will be able to find us. You'll be able to see myself and the the other Startup Hustle hosts and some really awesome entrepreneurial rock stars share their stories of starting businesses, building businesses, supporting entrepreneurs, building that ecosystem. So definitely check it out on YouTube. You can also find Startup Hustle on Instagram at Startup Hustle Podcast and definitely take a check for that. Would have to once again thank today's episode sponsor. Today's episode of Startup Hustle was sponsored by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. And I think by now you all know that they do a really fantastic job at that. Listeners, it has been a blast hanging with you for this period of time, and we thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedules, and we will catch you on the flip side. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. We do it.